Hey, welcome to another episode of The Breakdown. We're back at it. Still going through our Matthew series. Yeah. Nick and Brennan. Uh, I like this Sunday. This Sunday was unique for our church. It was. Let's just start out by talking about that. We had a family service. So we didn't have our normal uh, kids programming at the time. We were worshiping as a family. All those kids were stuck in there with us. Yeah. So, yeah. But they were engaged. It, uh, it's a pretty pretty cool how it's worked out. And I feel like the feedback, at least everything we've heard, has been really positive. Um, and, yes, there did seem to be a level of engagement. And, of course, we tried to plan and have things within the service that would connect with them, let them feel connected to what we were doing, participate in what we were doing and saying and in worship and I thought Anna did a great job on the worship side. Yeah. And so, yeah, it was, uh, it was a fun day, and we were already scheduling the next one. The, the goal is to have four of these this year, and that was the first one. So yeah. every quarter or so, uh, the plan is to try to pull this off again. And, uh, yeah, I'm already excited about what's next. Yeah, because the, the theme of the family has been a reoccurring theme amongst right. our staff and talking about what do we want to, uh, you know, really engage with this year is that idea of the family. So we have those worship um, times. We have some particular things like our prayer book mm-hmm. that we're well, – we have a hard copy now. It is here. Yeah. It's ready for Sunday. Um, but it also is on Pick our website. Up, make a donation. Yeah. Both. That helps us because they turn out, are not cheap. Yeah. They turn out really nice. They look amazing. They, yeah, they like professionally amazing. done. Yeah. They look great. They're, they're worth, you know, they're worth a four or five dollar donation uh, for yeah. the blessing they're going to give your family. And that helps us pay for them uh, and helps us to continue to provide them for others that would like, a, you know, a physical copy. So. Uh, you know, you can do that and, and go to galley.org and uh, if you make your donation there, just put in the memo line what it's for. If you write a check, same thing. That just helps us keep track of it and allows us to provide those for anybody that would want one. Yeah, so. and I know we have listeners that aren't here in Georgia, yeah. and so go to our website, galley.org, right. and you can download PDF it. PDF is there, easy. Yeah. Looks great. And I mean, you could print one if you got yeah. a big enough printer you want to, yeah. want to print it at your house or well, whatever. I have <laughs> yeah, man, I, I might print it in black and white if you're going to yeah. do that. Yeah, but, yeah, I would yeah. too. But. Yeah, it's it's worthwhile, and yes, this the year of the family is you know, we're fully in it, and it's already exciting to see how all of those pieces we planned over the summer are starting to kind of launch off and come yeah. into play. And uh, this is uh, this is what we do, you know, is what we get excited about, and and trying to have some a bit of a thematic approach to this year around family, and already seeing that happening is is awesome. Mm. So. Yeah, amen. Yep. All right, so let's get into it. We're it. we're at Matthew chapter three in our yeah. study in Matthew, and so in this particular group group of texts, we talk about John the Baptist and Jesus. Those are the the two main characters that we see here. Right. So kind of give us an overview. Uh, you only have to talk to adults now, so you don't have to worry about kids. Yeah, so yeah, we give were us talking overview. pre-show yeah. about uh, what a challenge that was with trying to have a message that would connect, you know, with a six-year-old all the way up to a 60-something-year-old. Not always the easiest thing, uh, but I think the Lord helped us to kind of work some of that out, and we had enough elements in there to help with engagement. And like I say, felt good about it. But yeah, this week, we kind of focused, it's kind of twofold, really. It's, It's John and his ministry and his ministry of affirmation Mm. towards Jesus and the launching of Jesus's ministry. So, you know, John the Baptist had been out in the wilderness baptizing people for some time. His was what I called a baptism of then, Mm. right? It's, hey, 
you go ahead, you be baptized for the repentance that you need because you need to repent. Repent because the kingdom is coming. The Messiah is coming. You know, it's the whole people get ready. Jesus is coming mentality. So, but be baptized and then you will be ready when the, when Jesus comes. Hmm. And that's where it's, you know, Jesus really comes in, in many ways through his ministry and into the life of the apostles in the book of Acts, we see the birth of a baptism of now. So now that the kingdom is here, now that Jesus has come in his death, burial, and resurrection, then we are united with him in his baptism. So in a lot of ways, John's baptism was a precursor Mm -hmm. to the baptism we understand in the New Testament, the baptism that we practice in the church because, you know, Jesus established the church. He established the practice of what the church is and what it does. Mm. And we know the last thing that Jesus said on earth was to go into all the world and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and I'll be with you to the very end of the age, the Great Commission. So all of that to say, John comes in, kind of ushers in the mentality of repentance, and then hands off in many ways, that position of influence and responsibility to Jesus. He kind of gets out of the way. So that's a broad. There was there was one um, section in your notes that mm-hmm. I don't think you, you really hit on. Yeah, but we, I, were, we were doing a lot of trimming on the yeah, fly yeah, on Sunday. I, yeah. But I, I find it interesting. I can't find exactly where it, where it was, but okay. it, you kind of had a, a note about... Um, and we can talk about this or yeah. we can cut it out later. It doesn't matter. John, when he was baptizing these Jews, because mm-hmm. I don't know the answer to this. Did Jews have like a, a file folder of baptism? I know when you mm-hmm. look through the Old Testament, there's these like symbols of water saving or like that being the avenue in which like they are saved. Did they have that concept of, of baptism? Baptism like this would have been a a new picture for them, but they absolutely had ritual washing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But ritual washing, because like if you go to the Temple Mount in Jerusalem, there are baptismal pools there that have been there for thousands of years, you know, preceding the time of Christ. Yeah. Because before they would go up to the Temple Mount, they had to be ritually cleansed, at least before they stepped foot within that holy ground, if you will, right? So not everybody was necessarily allowed in there, and not everybody necessarily did that every time. I don't know. It could be that they—I doubt very seriously that every Jew that any day went up there was, like, totally immersed in that water, it's probably a thing that they did either on holy days, specific holy days, right? Like we would think of Yom Kippur or something like that. Yeah. On a day like that or on a feast day, maybe then they were totally like God went down into that pool and then came up and then went up to the to the tub. Or I'm sorry, up to the up to the tub. <laughs> up to the, to temple. the uh, temple. Yeah. More likely, there was some type of ritual washing, like washing of the feet, washing of the hands, maybe a washing of the head, like, you know, ritualistically, like even a drop of water, right, to symbolize what they were doing. We don't know, but I doubt very seriously they were fully immersed. It's not outside of the possibility, but I think it's unlikely, uh, just from a practical standpoint for the frequency with which they probably went to the Temple Mount. Yeah many of them every day. 
right? We know that the apostles and, and even Jesus, there were we, we understand there were multiple days even that they were in the temple, mm-hmm. right? And at the birth of the church in the book of Acts, you know, they were daily gathering in the temple courts, right? Mm-hmm. So anyway, I, I say all that to say they understood the idea of ritual washing, but what, what, what John was doing out in the wilderness and what John was doing in the Jordan was something different because this was very much about an immediate mindset of repentance and preparation for the coming of the Messiah. Yeah. You know, this was different. His was his was more pointed. I mean, we see even in the Old Testament of um, prophecies about John making, preparing the way mm-hmm. for Jesus. And so I wonder if the Jews connected that and was like, okay, this guy has something to say. Like yeah. What he's saying is in preparation for Well, Jesus. he's the first prophet they've heard from in oh, hundreds of years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in many ways, they're probably just doing what he says they need to be doing. You know, those who believe and those who are like, finally, it's a prophet of God. You know, we're in that intertestamental period where they've not heard from a prophet in hundreds of years and so now they're like okay this dude really legit seems like a prophet and what he's saying seems prophetic and seems valid Mm -hmm. so we should probably do what he says so yeah there were aspects of the washing part they would have understood but the way this was presented and the way this was done for them seems to me to be significantly different than what they would have been doing before that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I was kind of thinking through some um, some other religious practices that I've seen that practice other than like Christianity, like immersion type thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we went to India, every fourteen years, um, uh, in the I think it's the Hindu religion, they go for a ritualistic cleansing mm-hmm. in this particular river where they will dunk themselves okay. and then come out of the water. And so we actually went to the river where people were doing that and actually baptized people in the name of Jesus, Mm -hmm. which opened up for some really cool gospel conversations. Mm -hmm. But it's interesting, though, in that uh, Eastern cultural mindset of the cleansing of water, Mm -hmm. of uh, that symbolizing, okay, now I've gotten rid of my debts. Now, them in in that Hindu section, they had to do that every 14 years. Mm -hmm. But in the the Christian, it's a a one-time thing, which you talk about a little later about the assurance that baptism gives us right so let's kind of talk about that because i think one of the biggest questions well one of the questions that i get often Mm -hmm. in dg is um uh, is baptism a work yeah Um, are we saved by baptism are we saved by faith so let's just kind of go through that um because i think that's probably the biggest question that anybody would have about baptism yeah most likely Uh, the the simple way to say this is we are saved by grace through faith in baptism Mm -hmm. So I don't believe that it's wise to divorce any of those aspects of the process of coming to Christ and salvation from one another. Mm. You know, we can start to try to parse out all the little nitty gritty stuff and say, but yes, but what if this? Yes, but what if that? (laughs) Yes, but what if we just like read the scripture the way it's (laughs) there and just do it? (laughs) You know, you, you can waste a lot of time trying to legislate your future behaviors based around what in your mind at least are possible exceptions. Mm. So we can decide to throw out an entire rule, and I'm using air quotes for those who are just listening. We can decide to throw out an entire rule because we believe there may be an exception to the Mm. rule. 
none of us is in a place to talk about or to yeah. to legislate the exceptions. That's up to God about what he does and how he does it. What becomes abundantly clear to me when I study the scripture is that we see both in verbiage when it talks about coming to Christ in faith, we see baptism being tied to that. It's never presented as a like, hey, if you get around to it or you, if you decide this is a good idea, you may want to do it. Yeah. I mean, we just know that's not how Scripture presents the idea of baptism. The other thing we have, beside the clear language around the practice, is we see the practice. Mm. We look in the New Testament, and if you look from the time of Christ's death, burial, and resurrection, which means, no, you don't get to talk about the thief on the cross, because <laughs> I was he, ask that. he dies <laughs> yeah. under the old covenant period, right? And, and let's call it the old covenant rules, if you will. The new covenant in Christ's blood is established in his death, burial, and resurrection, and the birth of the church. From that point forward, you never see another example of a person coming to faith in Christ and not being baptized. Yeah. I promise it's not there. You might be like, yeah, but I, go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead and find it and bring it to me and we'll talk about it because yeah. we'll never have that conversation because you won't find it. And pre-New Covenant, you're found righteous through faith. Right. Which, it, it's it, always been about faith. Yeah, exactly. And it's the same in the New yeah, Testament. It doesn't. It, it, yeah. That hasn't changed. Yeah, no. The fact that Jesus says baptism needs to be a part of this process for you, there's a reason for that mm. for him because he, I believe he wants us to have this very firm picture of our joining with what he did, the yeah. necessity of what he did for our sins. So no, baptism, um, the water doesn't save us. Uh, we're not, some people call us in the Christian church uh baptismal regenerationists, mm. or I'm sorry, water regenerationists, that's the word I was looking for. We don't believe that the water regenerates you in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. We believe that grace through faith regenerates us. But there's a moment of receiving the gift. And I believe, and everybody listen to my language on this, because I'm going to be abundantly clear. I believe that under every normal circumstance, we receive the gift of salvation the, upon our baptism. So we've come to faith in Christ and we believe. Yeah. And Acts 2.38 says, Repent, believe, and be baptized, every one of you, for the remission of your sins and the gift of the Holy Spirit. And so there's this beautiful collision. I always call it a beautiful collision. There's a beautiful collision between our faith, right, uh, the grace of God, and our obedience. Mm. Because we're being obedient to Christ in baptism, yeah. and we're even following the example that he set for us in his own baptism, mm. that he was willing to humble himself and do this, basically leaves any person who's decided to follow Jesus without defense around this, like, well, I don't really think I need to be baptized. Yeah. Okay, why? Based on what? Because <laughs> you've decided it's inconvenient, or you don't want it to look like you're saying that water baptism for you is going to save you. Totally cool. We're not saying water saves you either. Yeah. We're saying the beautiful collision of your faith and your obedience in Christ, all of this comes together in a moment. The example I always use is if I said to Brennan, and Brennan knows me and he trusts me, right? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, right. So you know that if I say that I have a gift for you, and you can tell, like, I'm not joking, I'm being serious, because you and I might joke around yeah. about it, but if it becomes very obvious that, like, hey, Brennan, I've got a joke, uh, a joke, I've got a well, no. gift, I've got a joke for you, dude. <laughs> it's probably a dead joke. i got a gift for you, okay? I've got a gift. 
If I told you that right now, would you believe me? Absolutely. All right. Yeah. Now, at some point, so like right now already, and I can tell you, man, like I think you're going to really love this gift. And so what does that make you feel? Oh, I'm excited. Okay, you're pumped. You're ready yeah. to get the gift, right? You're excited. And so right now you have all the feelings of receiving the gift and you're looking forward to the gift. But at some point, I have to put the gift in your hand. Yeah. And at some point, you have to accept the gift, and you have to have the experience of the gift, or all you have is the thought of the gift, yeah. right? This is the idea around our baptism. Like, we're, we're all in. We're with Jesus. We're, we feel the feelings. We've come to Him in faith. What are we waiting on in saying, yes, I too will be obedient because I want to receive the gift? Yeah. Is God capable of saving the person that decides to follow Jesus in faith? comes to him and believes that the grace of Jesus Christ is going to save him in faith and is on his way to the Baptist baptistry and gets hit by a, a crashing airplane. Yeah. God can do that. I believe God is capable of saving that, was that the person. the most youth ministry question right. ever. So like, don't be, this is my whole point about don't be ridiculous, yeah, right? Yeah. Like nobody is going to go down that road, right? Mm -hmm. Nobody needs to waste their time with those kinds of arguments. Yeah. But what we do need to do is look to Scripture and say, what does the Scripture teach about this? What are the examples that I find in the New Testament about this? Shouldn't I just do it the way it says? Yeah. And then just do that. Right? I, you know, this is one of these things where Christians love to have the debate, and sometimes I think we just like to have the debate to hear ourselves talk. Most likely. Yeah. yeah. I was uh, meeting with, I think it was me and Anna were meeting with uh, somebody in our church, mm -hmm. and uh, they were relatively new, and he's like, man— Y'all don't play around with baptism. And I was right. like, what do you mean? He said, when they come up and they say they want to get baptized, y'all go dunk them right then and there. Correct. I was like, yeah, nothing to play around with. Why wait? That's and so it. it's it's funny to see those people from different, you know, kind of backgrounds. The water is always ready. That. And Absolutely. that's what we say. And we yeah. have shorts and T-shirts and towels and everything to take away every excuse. No excuse. Because mm -hmm. what we see, and you know, we don't do, like I grew up in the Episcopal Church, which I talked about mm -hmm. here. <sighs> We don't see any confirmation classes in Scripture. You know, we don't see a big like, okay, well, they had to understand everything about mm -hmm. the gospel or to understand everything about the Bible before they were baptized. That's yeah. just not the way the Scripture presents it. People come in faith, they submit to Christ, and they're baptized, which the way we do this affirms this idea even more of this not being a work. Mm -hmm. Because you've not done anything to prove yourself ready yeah. for this, like passed a test or gone through a class. or You've just said, I believe in faith that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. I believe He is who He says He is, and I want yeah. to follow Him in faith. Awesome. So we'll baptize you. We don't we don't ask you to baptize yourself. That might be a work, right? <laughs> we ain't gonna let you do that. You submit to this and we'll baptize you. Because yeah. this isn't this is not about a works-based salvation in any way, shape, or form. You know, the fact that we have this practice of baptism, that by the way, up until the point a dude named Harold Swingley, and it's with a Z, what a name. up until the point where he came on the scene about a hundred and I don't know, some odd years ago, basically preaching against baptism because hmm. he had decided that it was a work. And his influence in the church, and the churches, especially the Baptist churches themselves, which is always funny because the Baptist churches call themselves Baptists. But his influence there up until that point, right, 
there was there the expectation of the church was that baptism was a part of the salvation process mm. it wasn't until zwingli and his writing and his influence that we saw any great movement yeah. of baptism being divorced from christian practice oh, i never heard of him yeah. Yeah. yeah it's it's absolutely true that up until that point what you saw in christendom on yeah. the whole was that baptism was always a part and practice mm of people that decided to follow Jesus. It's the faith-only movement, right? Or faith-alone movement that really Zwingli brought about that changed a lot of people's mindset and perception and even teaching within the churches about that. Look, this is not a battle against faith-only or baptism. This is just us saying, hey, man, I believe that faith saves you. (laughs) Absolutely. And I don't believe that water saves me. I just believe that I'm going to be obedient to the total picture that God has painted for me in his word. Simple as that. Easy peasy. So don't get me started on baptism. As you can tell, everyone, (laughs) I have passionate feelings about it. There's one more thing that stood out to me in the text that um, I think maybe people would have questions about was uh, the reasoning behind Jesus' baptism. Right. Um, Let's kind of hit on that. I think, I I don't know if we hit on it in the sermon. Mm Mm-hmm. I can't remember. Yeah, not a lot. Uh, I don't think I really had an opportunity to do much. Yeah, on I mean, you really didn't in the message. Need to. But. Yeah, you know. Bottom line is, I, I think that there's a couple of aspects to this. Jesus says this needs to because John's like, I shouldn't be baptizing you. Yeah. You should be baptizing me. And he says this needs to happen to fulfill all righteousness. Mm. Well, it's not Jesus's righteousness because he's already right. But I think that it is a, a firstly about showing who Jesus was because this was a part of a fulfillment, yeah, right, yeah. of Christ's beginning of his ministry, prophecy, et cetera, et cetera. So that's one piece. I do believe that the other piece, because John was going to, he was signing off on, this yeah. prophet was signing off on this as being the Messiah, mm-hmm. right? And also, I do believe that there's a piece of this where Jesus is modeling for us what we should do. Mm. You know, the person that would look at baptism and be like, yeah, I don't really know that baptism is very important. And then we would just remind them, well, you know that Jesus (laughs) Jesus himself was baptized. and Like, he didn't even have to be. He didn't even have to be. Mm. But he decided it was something important to model. And then, oh, by the way, as I've already said, he literally made it his last words on earth to give those directions to the disciples about what he wanted them to do. He could have said, go and tell everybody to believe in faith and by faith alone, and you know, I'll be with you to the very end of the age. I mean, he could have said that, but that's just not what he says. And it's not what any of the Greek manuscripts say. It's not what any of the original language has about what Jesus said. And then what we what do we see the apostles doing? Exactly. Literally on the day of Pentecost, right? What do we do? <laughs> right. What must we do after Peter preaches the yeah. first gospel sermon? And it says, you know, he says, This Jesus whom you have crucified is both Lord and Christ. Mm. And the men that are gathered around there say, What must we do, brothers? Now they don't say what must we do to be saved, but it's clear that this is what they are saying. We messed up. What must we do to make this right? And Peter responded, or Peter replied, repent, believe, and be baptized, every one of you, for the remission of your sins and the gift of the Holy Spirit, right? And then what happened? Peter and the apostles, I would expect, probably Peter not doing this by himself because there was a bunch of people. It took a while. (laughs) Yeah. Thousands came, and this is just the men that we know of. There were likely women and children as well. 
all of those that came and then were baptized on the day of Pentecost mm. and received the gift of the Holy Spirit and, again, were baptized into Christ then. Now, here's the other really cool thing about this to think about that we didn't even get into, and I know I'm digressing a little bit from your question. Well, you're good. A lot of those people that were gathered on the day of Pentecost, that were gathered there in that city for the feast, right, that they were for the— for the um, Oh, which which um, celebration is that particular one? Passover, not Passover. Which one was it? Because they were gathered no, there. They had just had Passover. Yeah, I don't know. They were there. They were there were people that were gathered there for another celebration, and I don't remember which of the Jewish feasts or festivals. Oh, so they weren't even originally from. Right. Yeah, so there's yeah. people that are not just from there that are now gathered. Oh, you know what? Yes, yeah, the people that had been gathered for Passover. Okay, they were right. still there. So That's they're still there. Yeah, yeah, there's there's people that are still there at this mm-hmm. point, right? So with all of those that are gathered, many of them would have already received John's baptism. Mm-hmm. We Do I know that beyond a shadow of a doubt? No, but I can bet you yeah. many of them would have already received John's baptism. And later in the New Testament, later in the book of Acts, we actually find an example of some men who had only received John's baptism, oh, yeah, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And then they baptized them again. Yeah. Because John's baptism was different than the baptism that was instituted in the New Testament. It just was. This is a baptism into Jesus Christ, his death, burial, and resurrection. Yeah. Remember, John's baptism was a baptism of then. Jesus' baptism that he's not so much installing in his own baptism at that point, but what we see post-death, burial, resurrection, mm. right? And implementation of the church age, yeah. which is yeah. where we live today. That point on, right? So many of those that were there on that day of Pentecost would have already received John's baptism, mm. but are now being baptized into the name of Jesus Christ. The Messiah has come. Yeah. The time is yeah. now, right? Fulfillment has been made. Right. Yeah. So I, I don't even know if I answered your question. But. No. I think one thing that I was thinking through about Jesus' baptism is his, his obedience to the Father's plan. Yeah. His, 100%. Him submitting himself, because even in the Garden of Gethsemane, he prays, mm-hmm. Father, if this is the cup that you want me to take, so be it. Yeah. You know, paraphrase. Um, and then we see the Holy Spirit dwelling, um, falling from the sky, right. God saying, this is my son, mm-hmm. acknowledging that Jesus is the Messiah. And then we get to Jesus' temptation, which is right. next week. Coming next, and Brennan's yeah. preaching that. Oh, man, I'm pumped. Brennan's I'm up. excited. So Yeah. I'm, yeah, anything else you want to add? I think that was a pretty good Nah, man, I think I, you know, I, I went on and on. Like I say, you wind me up about baptism, and I can talk all day. So, <laughs> um, you know, we don't want to over-accentuate a thing, yeah. uh, but I recognize that it is a source of a lot of division within the church, and I just I don't see any need for it. This mm-hmm. is not a thing we need to be divided it over to me it's such a straightforward piece of what we find in scripture let's just do what the bible says like let's just follow the new testament examples and record Mm -hmm. that we have because it's right there just as plain as day of what they did why would we change that Uh, because we like to complicate yeah yeah (laughs) yeah, because sometimes we think we know better but you know again baptism is not a work it absolutely isn't it is an obedient step for us to do what Jesus has told us to do. It is no more a work than moving our mouth is to confess with our mouth that mm. Christ is Lord when we make a confession of faith, yeah. right? Or people that prefer something like a sinner's prayer, which I don't. But for those who do, okay, well, it, that's a work. Because yeah. you can't say that without moving your mouth. And now you've performed an action, right? You've 
blurted words out of your mouth. You had to grind the gears of your brain to form the words. Well, that work is your own, mm. right? Yeah. It's just, if, if, uh, if you want to really yeah. strain yeah. out that gnat with me, yeah. we can do it, right? <laughs> schedule schedule your, uh, yeah. your meeting with Nick. <laughs> That's it. I'm always glad. Uh, I am always glad to talk about this issue. Yeah. And over 30, gosh, how many years of ministry? 25, 26, Man. however many years of ministry. I've never had a conversation about anything more when it comes to faith stuff yeah. than baptism. I believe it. Which is fine. Yeah. It's cool. Like there's nothing wrong. With, yeah, there's yeah. nothing wrong with having questions. And um, I'm also one that tries not to be uh, like I'm not here to beat anybody over the head with anything. I only want to stand on what I see Scripture saying. And let's yeah. you know we can always have a Bible study and we can look at it together. So like that's it. it. So what are you looking forward to, man? Wrap it up. Man, what I'm looking forward to skiing this weekend yeah. with my family. We've never it. been together as a family to ski. The ski oh. the kids have been on kids trips, you know, youth group trips. Mm-hmm. I haven't been since I was a youth min- was since I was a youth minister, which is a long time ago. <laughs> a long time ago. So we'll see how hopefully I'm not falling all over the place. Yeah. But just all five of us together will be awesome spending that time together and uh Looking forward to it this weekend. and should be a good trip. How about you, man? Preaching Sunday. Yeah. Excited for it. Yeah. Um, we'll be joining Galilee Online that day. So. Yeah. And whenever you preach through a text like that, it's just, it's so easy to get just like for things to just jump off the page. Yeah. Like it's there. And you just got to be diligent and obedient to the word. So I'm excited for that. Um, Pelicans are doing awesome. So great, man. I hadn't checked in on so, them. I've been too Dolphins obsessed, and they're not doing great. But we'll see. Okay. One more chance this Saturday one night. One more chance. <laughs> Hopefully it, it turns into more than one. So yep. we'll see. Well, that's about it. So uh, we it. appreciate you guys listening to the podcast, and we'll catch you next week. See you next